Good morning, everybody. Welcome to New Hope Church. Uh, let us get ready to give right now, so if the ushers would kindly prepare. Well, this is like the third week of January, so uh, that means that most of our New Year's resolutions have kind of fell to the wayside by now. <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> but for me, I have kept my New Year's resolution. On January 1st, I said, I, my, my resolution is to be a well-rounded individual. And so far, as you can see, I'm doing swell. I'm doing swell. In fact, I went to the doctor, and the doctor told me, hey, Jonathan, uh, you're down to your ideal weight. I said, really? The doctor said, yeah, now you just got to grow two feet taller. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so anyway, you guys go doctor this year. You tell the doctor, I'm not overweight. I'm just under tall. <laughs> but anyway, the, a New Year's resolution or any real change or newness that you want to accomplish let me just tell you is almost impossible if it's based on your own strength and with your own will i've tried over and over and we all have to make changes but we just can't do it in john 15 5 jesus says this i am the vine you are the branch abide in me and you will bear fruit but apart from me you can do absolutely nothing jesus is saying that unless we are connected and abiding in him unless we are in his word or in his presence or thinking about him throughout the day we're not going to get the strength we need to have any real change in our lives so this new year's simply maybe even forget the new year's resolution let it be this that you would just remain connected with christ let us pray father god in jesus name we thank you so much lord for your abiding love help us this year to be so connected and so intertwined with you we are the branch but you are the vine you are the source you are all the power we need father god with man things are impossible with god all things are possible lord apart from you we can do nothing but philippians 4 13 tells us in you we can do all things so lord god bless this offering use it to multiply and, and bring so many people into your kingdom open up our hearts right now as we receive your word from heaven straight through pastor sheldon lord god your conduit and your mouthpiece give us ears to hear and hearts to understand this word we thank you lord we praise you in jesus name amen so right now we're gonna watch a video um just an incredible miraculous story of a sister here in this church about the astounding and amazing love of God. Hi, my name is Loretta Santiago. I've always believed that uh, Jesus was alive and he was always around us. And I'm thankful for my son for being supportive and bringing me to church every Sunday. I just wanted to share a little bit about what happened with me in November last year. I have COPD and I had an asthma attack about a week before Thanksgiving. Myself and my grandchildren for a surf, uh, soccer club was walking through town, passing out blankets and food and jackets for the homeless people. I walked about a block or so when I started to feel a little bit of wheezing and heaviness in my chest, I told my son I didn't feel good and I needed to uh, stop at that point. 
So he quickly took care of me, brought me to Central Fire Station for some nebulizers so that I could feel better and it worked. Later that evening, I went to spend the night at my daughter's house so I could take the grandkids to school the following day, maybe about 1.30 or so. I woke up and had to go to the bathroom. On my way back to the bedroom, I felt like I couldn't catch my breath. As I was trying to get back into bed, it, the breathing started to get heavier for me, so I called out to my daughter and asked her to call 911 right away that I couldn't breathe. I remember slouching over the bed and asking Jesus, please not now. Next thing I knew, I was being hurled away in an ambulance. And from that point on, I don't remember very much. I was told later on that the ambulance had to pull over because I had gone into cardiac arrest. I actually was told that I died a couple of minutes. And as I got to the emergency room, my son called all my children and told them that mom had passed. But um, I woke up in ICU. And then of course my children, you know, they, they told me, mom, do you know that you died and you came back? And you know, I was like a miracle to them. They asked, you know, well, so did, what did you see? You know, <laughs> I thought it was kind of funny. And I was, I was more than anxious to tell them about what I felt and what I saw. And, but almost afraid to say that what I saw, they wouldn't believe. But I can tell you the one thing that I do remember a lot is that I felt myself rise up above everything, and I remember how it felt. It felt like, I felt the warmth of God. Um, and I knew He loved me. And the message was, when I came back, was that I should tell everyone how much God loves me, how much God loves everyone else. And I'm so grateful to be here today. Um, he, he just loves so, that, just loves everyone just so much. And, and my goal is to just spread that word about how much God loves you, how much he loves me. And that, that feeling I had is nothing I've ever experienced. I mean, that love was just so great. So. I, I just got to say, everybody, just don't give up on God. He's just there for us every day. Just love him every day. That's all I can say. I think what's amazing was how it felt, how that love felt. It's something you can't forget. It's just amazing. I'm happy to be back, but I'm also not afraid that if it happens again, I know I'm in a good place. Everyone in the fire department, you know, because they know my son, you know, they, they all agree that how I came out of this was unbelievable. But I'm thankful for, for those men. They're so humble. It's amazing. I'll, I'll never forget the firefighters that saved my life. That would be Chris Berg. Josh Hattori and Tyson Gu, and I love them all. Oh, I mean, I just, every day I live, I live for God. I, I, it's, I'm thankful for being alive today. And I, I want my children to know that. I want my grandchildren to, I, in fact, my 
daughter, who's uh, Vanessa, my youngest, she just told me last night that she was going to get herself baptized. So, on the 26th, yeah? I'm happy about that, yeah. In fact, it was my birthday recently in December, and some of the boys did speech, speech, you know? So I said, I have just one message for all of you. And I said, the message is, is that God loves each and every one of you here. You know, in, in, in the days before, the speech wouldn't be like that. <laughs> it would have been a cheers. <laughs> Since this happened like a, a week before Thanksgiving, of course, after this, Thanksgiving will always be a special holiday in my heart. We just did our job. I can only imagine what it will be like when I walk by your side. Let me say thank you to Loretta for sharing that, her story, and <clears throat> all that God is doing. You know, when we think about our stories and, and what God does in a person's life, really what God is all about is life. And he proves it by giving us his life. He's given us not just a life here on this earth, but life eternal. And when we think of the miracles that God does, the signs, the wonders, the healings, sometimes we wonder why, why certain things happen and why certain things don't happen. And we, don't, we can't explain everything. All we, all we know is God has the healing power. We just don't know why he doesn't heal or, or do the things that we think he should do. And my, my hope is that today as we talk about miracle signs, wonders, and healings, that we would see the bigger picture of what God is actually doing. And in the series that we're in, All Things New, we're talking about God wanting to do new things in our hearts, wanting to do new things in our lives, and that the old life has passed away, that a new life has come for those who have uh, given their hearts to Jesus Christ. But today we wanted to focus on this specific area of miracle signs, wonders, and healings because we can read in the Bible all the things that Jesus has done, and then wonder, well, how come those things aren't happening today? Why aren't the same things that were happening in the Bible, why aren't they happening today? Why don't I see these things? But what we're going to learn is that what Jesus was doing, he's still doing today. We just may not recognize it, or the way he does it is not how we would do things. Because there are, there are always signs, we just may not recognize it. Sometimes we wonder what happened to people when they changed their life or gave, gave their life to Christ. And we wonder what happened to them because they're different. You wonder like, man, they, they're different now. Or like how Loretta said in the video that normally during my birthdays it would be cheers. But now it's, I just want people to know the love of God. That takes, that takes a, a, a radical life shift in order to switch from how we were to how we can be today or how God has made us today. And that, that shift that takes place is something that God does in our heart and in our spirit and in our soul. That when Jesus is revealed to us, when he shows us himself, a lot of the signs are not visible as in the atmosphere. That kind of signs. Many times it's just a person's life change that is a sign or someone who uh, uh, is now professing Jesus as Lord and Savior. That takes, that takes a lot of faith. On, in someone's life to say, I'm putting my trust in the Lord. And because of that faith, because we say yes to him, 
he comes into our life and changes it for his, as we say, for his glory. And what that means is that people would see our life and see a change and then say, wow, there's something there. And they may not put their, not be able to put their finger on it, but they know that there's something there, something changed. And we know that it is because of the love of Jesus Christ and what he has done in our lives that there is a change. And even though Jesus, even in his day when he was walking this earth, in the Bible, when he would heal people, he was always doing physical healings to point people to something greater. And he still does that today. Whenever there's a healing, it's always pointing to something greater, not just the healing itself. In the book of Acts, the reason why it's called the book of Acts in the New Testament is because these were the acts of God. These were the actions of the disciples. They were, God was acting upon what was happening in the world. There was, an, there was something that was taking place. And so when we read the book of Acts, you're going to see a lot of things that God was doing because these are the actions that were taking place in Acts chapter 2, verse 22 through 24. By the way, when you came in, you're given some notes, or if you have a bulletin, you can take that out, or if you use the church app, that will help. But it reads this, the people of Israel, listen, God publicly endorsed Jesus the Nazarene by doing powerful miracles, wonders, and signs through them, as you well know. But God knew what would happen, and his prearranged plan was carried out when Jesus was betrayed. With the help of lawless Gentiles, you nailed him to a cross and killed him. But God released him from the horrors of death and raised him back to life, for death could not keep him in its grip. In, in, its grip. in other words, what the Bible is telling us is that the power that Jesus has is much stronger than the power of death. We all know this for sure. For sure. We're all going to die one day. That is for sure. Unless Jesus comes back and takes us home, I think that's how many of us want to go home. We're like, I don't want to die. How about Jesus just come back and take us? If that, if that happens, great. But we all know that we, we, we're all going to die someday. And because of that knowing that we're going to die someday, Thanks be to God of the resurrection power in Jesus Christ that he is able to bring us to life for all of eternity. And even though Jesus did many powerful miracles, signs and wonders and healings, no one could see that his death was probably one of the greatest miracles and healings for us that has ever taken place. And not just his death, but also his resurrection, that that would be the sign to bring healings and miracles and signs and wonders in our personal lives. Many recognize it. Many people do not recognize it. But I pray that we would, we would see that that one act of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ makes all the difference in a believer's life. In the book of Mark chapter 16, verse 20, the, the disciples went out and preached everywhere. And the Lord worked with them and confirmed his word by the signs that accompanied it. The signs and wonders accompany the confirmation of the word. In other words, signs and wonders are a byproduct of God's word becoming active in our lives. The byproduct are signs and miracles, wonders. And sometimes we want the signs, the wonders, the healings, the miracles first. And then we say, then I'll believe God. Show me the proof first and then I'll believe him. Show me that he exists first. Give me evidence that he exists first. Then I'll believe in him. But the Lord is looking for people who will follow his spirit by faith, not by sight. And we're going to explain that a little bit. Here's the first thing we can learn. And, and, and this is where our, 
our shifting takes place. It's to desire Jesus more than what he can do for us. Desire him more than what he can do for us. I mean, nobody likes that kind of relationship. I don't think you like that kind of relationship. If, if all we had in a relationship with someone is what they can do for us, that, that's not a relationship. Imagine if on, with the, you know, doing marriage, uh, the, the marriage ceremony, the wedding ceremony, that that was a part of your vows. That I, Sheldon Loxina, take you, Heidi, to be my wife so that you can do stuff for me. How do you be like, oh, that's so sweet. But no, you, you, it doesn't work in a relationship like that. It just doesn't work. I mean, it's, I, she's really good at, at, at finances and, and, and design and things like that. But that's not why I married her. It's not because I learned those things as we went. But imagine if on that wedding day, it was, okay, what can you do for me? What can you, I shouldn't use that accent. What can you do for me? What can you do for me? If, that, if the relationship was built upon what we do for one another, it's not a good relationship. We all may come across different people. I mean, imagine if, the, if someone only texted you and called you when they wanted something from you. Because I think we may know some people like that. The moment you get the text, it's like, ah, oh, man. Uh, or they call and you see their name, it's like, oh, I ain't answering that. Why? Well, who is that? No, no, I ain't answering that. Why? Guarantee they like me watch their kids. Gar- guarantee they like borrow my car. Guarantee they need money. Guarantee. Look, I got, how come I got to borrow my lawnmower back? How come I got to borrow my lawnmower back from that person who asked? Like, there are certain people that they're going to call you or text you because they only want something from you. Or, or worse, you might be that person. Like, hey, you know what? <laughs> That's me. I only call so-and-so when I need something. Like, hey, get the fight set this weekend. Yeah, like, come to your house, watch pay-per-view. Like, we, we always have something in a relationship that we want from someone. But really, if the relationship is built on that, then what kind of relationship is that? And so it is with God. If all we want from God are things that he does for us, what kind of relationship is that? That's what the religious leaders were having a problem with. Because they were wondering about this relationship. They were thinking, what, what do you mean? I don't understand, Jesus, why you do the things you do. What authority do you have? He says, my father in heaven. First of all, for Jesus to call God his father, they looked upon as, you, can't even, you shouldn't even say that. He's God. When Jesus said father, in fact, he called him Abba. Abba, father. They couldn't understand how... You can't be that close to God. So they had a hard time with it. One day, some teachers of the religious law in Matthew chapter 12, verses 38 and 39, they came to Jesus and said, Teacher, we want you to show us a miraculous sign to prove your authority. But Jesus replied, Only an evil, adulterous generation would demand a miraculous sign. But the only sign I will give them is the sign of the prophet Jonah. And if you read the book of Jonah, if you have not read it, it's a, it's a really good book on understanding not just hearing God, but applying and, and following God's voice and obeying God. Well, Jonah hears the word of the Lord. God gives him instruction. And then instead of obeying God, Jonah goes in the opposite direction, jumps on a ship and heads away from God. 
Well, a storm comes up and the crew are panicking. And Jonah is like, man, I know, I know, why, I know why this storm is here. So they start questioning Jonah. They're like, wait, well, first of all, who are you and where did you come from? Who, what kind of people are you? Like, why are you even here? And Jonah says, listen, I, I believe in God. The reason why you have this storm is because I'm disobeying him. But if you throw me overboard, then everything will calm down. And these guys, such friends, are like, shoots. They grab him and they throw him overboard. No life preserver. And, and then the storm ceased. And I'm imagining they throw him in and then it worked. They're like, hey, right on. Look at it. We're safe. And then here comes this big fish. They're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know about what's going to happen to him. He's in the belly of that fish for three days. But a beautiful thing happens in the belly of the fish. The Bible says that the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. God gave him another chance. Jonah obeyed the Lord and did and carried out what God asked him to do after the fish just kind of vomited him out on the shore and just, you know, okay, Jonah, you're on your own. But he did that. And Jesus said, that's the only sign I'm going to give. That's the sign. In fact, what Jesus was referring to is learn from Jonah. Why do you need your own sign? We, I'd, ra I'd rather let Jonah go through that. I don't want to spend three days in the belly of a fish. I mean, if it was ahi, then you can cut little pieces, you know, as you go, and you can have poke along the way. But it's not that. It, it sounds like, oh, poke all day. But it's, you're in the belly of a fish. And what Jesus was saying is, why do, why are you, why do you need these things? Let Jonah go through that. Look at what happened to his life. And trust me. Desire me. Not all the things that you see and what I can do for you. It should come down to your relationship with me. You know what they should have said? They should have said, the religious leaders should have said, teacher, Lord, we want you. Period. Because you have the authority over evil and the authority for miracles. I look at it this way, and this is kind of the principle that I want to live by, and, I, and I'm sure we all want to live by. Let's just say this is Jesus, and this is his miracles, signs, wonders, and healings. And this is us here. And we want, we want to experience the miracles, the signs, wonders, and healings. We want that. So what Jesus said is, you're going to either look to these things or you're going to look to me. He's saying, look to me. Desire me. Because if you just look for the miracles, signs, wonders, and healings, then this may not happen the way you want it to. And if these things don't happen the way you want it to, you're never going to follow me. You're not going to, from here, oh, this is, this is happening, now I'm going to shift here. No, if these things do not happen the way you want it to, you're never going to follow me. Because it's not happening the way you want it to. And let's just say there is a miracle that takes place or something of healing or, or some wonder or sign takes place. And then we say, okay, now I will follow you. And then we follow him. Tell me in life there wouldn't be another problem that comes up. Because problems come up all the time. So imagine if this is our relationship with Jesus. We will follow you only when these things happen. Well, another problem is going to come up. Finances will come up. Jesus, I need... I need $50 for gas. Just provide $50 for gas. And if God doesn't come through, then there goes our relationship with him. 
Then we even say to God, well, see, you, you don't provide for me, so I'm, why should I believe in you? You didn't heal, so why, don't, why should I believe in you? You didn't come through, so why should I come through for you? It's like that kind of relationship. That's not a relationship at all. That's the what can you do for me relationship. And even marriages go bad because of this. So the principle is still the same even with our relationship with God. That's why the religious leaders had a difficult time because they never had a relationship with God. What Jesus is saying is, and he said it powerfully, he just used three simple words. He said, come follow me. He didn't say, hey, come follow my miracles. Hey, come follow my miraculous powers. Hey, follow the signs and wonders. He said, come follow me. Because when you follow me, these things will accompany me in my time in the way I want it to be done. And when these things happen and when they may not happen, and if they don't happen, you're not dependent on these things for your relationship with me. Because we all know that there are two things that we know for sure. One is we will all die. But two, we have a spirit that lives on for eternity. So what Jesus does is he says, if you put your trust in me, I will heal you. Because I will always heal. This is who I am. For some of us, our healing is not here on this earth in the way we see it. Our healing is going to be 100% healing when we see him face to face. That's 100%. Now, we may look at that and say, yeah, but I'll be dead. No, you'll be alive. You'll be more alive when he finally heals all of us 100%. That's 100%. No more pain. No more suffering. No more, you know, some of us, we just live with the pain. We just live with it. We, we, we live with a, a sore neck for decades and we didn't even know it's sore anymore. We just walk crooked and we just live with it. And it's like, oh, how's Pops with the swag? He's like, yeah. It's like, Pops, you got some swag? He's like, no, 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 my hip went out like 30 years ago. So this we, we get used to it. We didn't even know we're in pain. But what Jesus said is, one day, I'm going to heal you 100%. We can never explain why Jesus heals some and doesn't heal others. I, I, I can't even, I, we can't even fathom why those things happen or don't happen. But we do know his promises. We do know that one day, everything will be made right. Because the miracles, signs, and wonders will always accompany Jesus Christ. Always. He brings 100% restoration Here's the second thing that we can learn. Don't underestimate the spiritual healing. I know we love the physical healing because we feel something different. Something changed physically and we, we, we're okay with that. But don't underestimate the spiritual healing. In Luke chapter 10 verses 9, 17 through 20, Jesus says to his disciples, Heal the sick who are there and tell them the kingdom of God has come near you. So it gives them the assignment of healing the sick people who are, who are there. Well, the 72 returned, because at that time he had 72 disciples. They returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. Even the demons submit. Then Jesus, Jesus replied, he said, you know, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. 
I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to over, overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. It's like Jesus giving his, 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 his hyped up speech before the big game. Like today, some of your teams are playing today. Stay focused. Stay focused. Stop looking at the scores. Some of you watching right now, how dare you in the house of God. No, it didn't, the game didn't start yet, so take it easy. Take it easy. We'll try to get done. In, in, in t- no. So what was I talking about? Football, some reason. Oh, yeah, so he's, he's, he's like hyping up his team. Like how, you know how the, the football teams, they hype one another out? So he's, he's doing that. He's giving them the talk. And after all of that, he's saying, even the demons submit to your name. Yes, he does. And Jesus said, I saw Satan falling like lightning from heaven. And, and the guys are getting hyped up like, yeah, that was happening. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome the power of the enemy. Yes, that's what we were doing, Lord. Nothing will harm you. Absolutely nothing. However, it's like, wait, what just happened? I, I, was, I was feeling it, Lord. We were in the moment. And now what is this? However. And Jesus says, however. However, as hyped as you are, as great as it was when these things ha- took place. That's great. However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you. But rejoice that your names are written in heaven. He's saying, don't forget the bigger picture. Yeah, you can be hyped up that Satan fell. Yeah, we defeated the enemy. Yeah, these things took place and wonderful healings, miraculous signs. Yes, that's great. That's great. But don't lose sight of the bigger picture. Rejoice that your names are written in heaven. And what Jesus was saying is sometimes we're, we're more excited that a healing took place physically, but we've forgotten about the spiritual healing. Now, it's great that there are physical healings. We should rejoice. And the Bible even says give glory to God. What Jesus wasn't saying is don't count those things. Don't look at those things. He wasn't saying those things are minor or those things aren't valid. He's saying those are very valid. That's why Jesus did miracles and physical healings. What he is saying is just be cautious. However, just be cautious. You're, you're focused on the bigger picture lest you follow signs and wonders and miracles and healings and not me because I am the sign. I am the miracle. I am the healing. I am your wonder. It's all on me. Sometimes we don't recognize it. We don't see it. But God does the healing. Don't let the temporary, this is what Jesus was saying, don't let the temporary overpower the eternal. Because we're still in a temporary world. Physical healing is temporary, but spiritual healing, that's eternal. Some time ago, I was battling with this thing called plantar fasciitis. If you're a runner, you might know what that means. If you're into sports and athletics, you may know what that is. And that thing is brutal uh, because that you, have a, you have a ligament under your foot that can get damaged. It's the best way to put it. And it was damaged for two and a half years. And I still went running. I just ran differently so that it wouldn't hurt. So after that time period, I was trying so many different things and different specialized shoes and, you know, uh, the foam roller. I was doing all these kind of things and, and trying to get it healed. You know, people said, hey, you got to put ice on top. No, you got to boil water, pour water on top. I said, well, boil water? Wow, I'm not making chicken. So all of these different remedies. And so I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying. And after two and a half years, it was still bad. And so we had this 
conference on Oahu. It was our Foursquare convention. And at our conference, they said, if anybody wants healing, stand up to your feet and, and we're going to pray for healing. And I was like, oh, I want healing, but I don't want to stand up because i got people around me that know me. And if they see me stand up, I'm thinking, they're going to be like, what? What's wrong with you? What? I, I've known you. What? You're broken. How come nobody, you didn't say anything. You're the pastor and something's wrong with you. So all of these thoughts were going in my mind. But I felt, I felt and sensed the Lord saying, do you want the healing or not? And at that time, I was kind of a little angry that God didn't heal me. Because I went through the whole phase of, God, you have all the power in the world to heal me. Why don't you just heal me? It's been two and a half years, God. You can't heal me. So I, I sensed that he would. So I stood up and people were praying, people laid their hands on me. And then after the night was done, I was still in pain. I was like, what? I, I believed, Lord, that I would be healed. How come I wasn't healed? And then I thought, you know what, Lord? I, I'm okay because I'm going to go to heaven. And when I get to heaven, I will no longer be in that pain. That pain will go away. So I'm fine. I'm okay. I'm fine. If the healing never takes place, Lord, and I have you, that's enough for me. That is my healing. Because that spiritual healing was so much greater than any physical healing that could take place. So some weeks went by and then and couple, we were at home by then. We came back from the conference, which was on Oahu, came back home. And then we're just, you know, from day to day just doing different things. And then one day I'm thinking, hey, my, my heel, because that's where it was in pain. I was like, my heel doesn't hurt anymore. And so I didn't want to say anything because I got to test it, right? Because if I say, hey, Heidi, I got healed. And then the next day it's broken again. I'm like, oh, man, what? I got to tell people, oh, no, God took it back. So I didn't, I didn't know what to do. <laughs> so... So I, I just kept going day to day, from day to day, from day to day. And after a couple of days, I, I told Heidi, I said, Heidi, I think I was healed. And she said, what do you mean? I said, you know, with my heel? She goes, yeah. I said, I don't, I don't feel the pain anymore. I wonder if it's the shoes that I got. I wonder if the, because I've been rolling. And she stopped me. She goes, hang on. Or you were healed. As simple as it is, why can't you just say it was God who healed you? And it was hard for me to even say that because I know there are many people who don't get healed. But what Jesus was teaching me was for this healing, give me glory. For this healing, you rejoice. For this healing, you trust in me. And I'm thankful for that because he taught me it's, it's about him, not what he can do for me. And sometimes we wonder, well, how come God doesn't heal me? How come he doesn't do these things for me? I, I, I don't know. But all I know is when Jesus healed my spirit, I'd take that over any other physical healing. I really would. I will limp my way into heaven because when I get there, I will be 100%. Many people have gone home to be with Jesus here on earth, they may have had some problems, heart problems. Uh, maybe they were in a coma. Maybe they battled with cancer. Maybe they were an amputee. Maybe they're dealing with, with uh, liver problems or whatever it could be. But they went home to be with the Lord. Right now, they're 100% healed. 100% healed. 
they're experiencing the greatest healing, the greatest miracle that they could ever receive. Why? Because of their spiritual healing that took place when Jesus came into their hearts. It makes a difference. In the book of Matthew, Jesus is helping us to see the bigger picture. Otherwise, we don't see what, what we should see. In Matthew 13, verses 15 and 16, Jesus says, For this people's heart has become callous. They hardly hear with their ears, and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn, and I would heal them. But blessed are your eyes, because they see, and your ears, because they hear. When Jesus healed physically, he was always pointing to something much greater than the healing itself. He was showing us that there is spiritual blindness, spiritual deaf ears, where we cannot see or hear God because of our callous, hardened hearts. We, we can't see him anymore. We, we don't even know what he's doing. That he's always doing miracles. There's always a healing that is taking place, but because of our callous hearts, we can't even see it. We're skeptical. We, we doubt. We don't trust. And God says, then you'll never see. Even if I were to perform one right in front of your eyes, you still would doubt. You still would be skeptical. Why? Because your heart is hardened. And Jesus was saying, you're blessed when your eyes see and when your ears hear. I pray today that God would open our ears, open our eyes to see the miraculous, the wonderful healings, the signs of our times and what he is doing. But that's going to come to the last thing, and you can write this in, to trust in God's will. Trust in his will. The reason why it's trusting in his will is because we want our will to be done. But if we trust in his will, then thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That we're saying, God, we trust in your will because you know what you're doing. In the book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, it tells us that we must pay the most careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard so that we do not drift away. For since the message spoken through the angels was binding and every violation and disobedience received its just punishment, how shall we escape if we ignore so great a salvation? This salvation, which was first announced by the Lord, was confirmed to us by those who heard him. God also testified it, testified to it by signs, wonders, and various miracles, and by gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed to his, uh, distributed according to his will. In other words, God knows exactly what he is doing. But in order for us to see what he's doing, we have to get away from what we physically see. That our hearts, even though it may be calloused, we can now turn and listen and see with our spiritual ears, spiritual eyes to see, okay, God, what are you doing? I'll give you an example. We were on Oahu and our flight got delayed because there was a mechanical problem. And you know how you pray for safety. You know, God, take us to where we need to get their safety or we pray those prayers where we're on the airplane and they say there's a mechanical uh, a fault and a problem, so we're going to fix it and then we'll take off. But finally they fixed it. And I think we're on the airplane for about 45 minutes. And they finally fixed it. They said, okay, we're going to take off. They said, and everybody's like, yay. And then we started to go on the runway. And then we turned around. And they said, we're going to have to uh, 
go back and everyone's going to have to deplane because there's still a problem and we can't figure it out. So, of course, many people were upset because people got, you know, things to do. So we got off of the plane and we had to stand in a line and we're there for a couple of hours and then you could hear the complaining. Why didn't they do this? Why didn't they do this? Why don't we just jump on another plane? Why don't we do this? And there's a lot of grumbling. And then I thought, Lord, is this your answered prayer? Because many of us just prayed, Lord, keep us safe. I just don't agree with how you do it. That's all it is. I didn't pray that. I'm telling you that right now. We just... We don't, we don't agree with how God does things. We say, God, keep us safe. The other day, uh, I, I needed to be somewhere. Heidi needed to be somewhere. And we had an appointment to take our car in to change the tires because they need changing. And it's been raining, so we don't want to wait for an accident and then change the tires because it's sliding. So we're about to change the tires. We had an appointment, but the car couldn't move. Something with the emergency brake or it was stuck or something. So we couldn't figure it out. And so we, we still need to fix it. Well... That morning, as I'm thinking, because it's frustrating, why can't we figure this out? And we're going to be late for certain things. And I thought, Lord, did I not just pray this morning for your will to be done? Did I not just pray, Lord, I thank you for this day. Please protect us as we go into our day. Did I not just pray that? And then you did. You protected us. Because what if we jumped in the car and got into an accident because we slid and hydroplaned? That's the spiritual eyes and ears God wants us to have. When things don't go our way, it may very well be that God is answering our prayer. It just may not seem like it because that's not how we would do it. When we pray, Lord God, we need finances, and he says, hey, I'm providing a job for you, but I don't want to work there. <laughs> well, what do you want me to do? <laughs> like we, I think our, our trust in his will is more the problem that, than he has a will. We have a difficult time because we don't, we, don't, we don't do things how God does things. He does things much better than us. His ways are, are higher than our ways. His thoughts are different than our thoughts. That's why when we come to trusting in his will, we have to pay close attention to what we've heard lest we drift away. God has already given us his promises. That's what we've heard. But when we trust in him, if it doesn't come out our way, are we still trusting in him and his will? Because if we're only looking at what is not happening in the way we want it to, we'll miss what God is actually doing. Instead of us looking for his absence, let's start looking for his presence in what he's doing and who he is. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 17 through 19, I'll close with this. Paul the Apostle is speaking to the church in Ephesus and he's reminding them of basic things like this. And he's teaching them because they're, they're, they're wondering about the spiritual and the practical, the physical healings and, and what they see and, and how are we supposed to function as believers. And Paul says, I, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better so that you may know him 
better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. I want to pray this for us today. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and just take this time with God. And I want, to, I want to pray this prayer over all of us, as well as give some of you the opportunity to find that spiritual healing. Lord, today as we bow our hearts before you, as we stay fixed on you, I pray for all of us that you would give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that we may know you better. Enlighten our hearts so that we may know the hope to which you have called us to, the, the riches of your glorious inheritance in all of your people. That your incomparably great power would be made available to us who believe. We receive that today, Lord. We thank you. I also pray for those who may not have said yes to you. They don't know you as Lord and Savior, and I want to give them an opportunity for that spiritual healing. And if you're here today and you're saying, I've never given my life to Jesus. I don't even know what that looks like. But I understand what you're saying. That I need that spiritual healing. And only Jesus can do this because he's the one that died for our sins and was raised to life. So that we too who believe in him will be raised to life eternal. And if that's you and you're saying, I want Jesus in my life. Then I'm going to say a prayer. And you can repeat after me, just include your heart. But this is a prayer of salvation. In this prayer... You're saying to Jesus you want to live for him, that you want this eternal life through the forgiveness of sins and through his wonderful love for us. And here's our prayer. You, as I say these words and you repeat after me, you just include all of your heart. And here's our prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for dying on the cross and rising from the grave to give me a future and a hope. I put my trust in you. Let your will be done in my life. Thank you for the miraculous healing in my spirit. In Jesus' name I pray. And with every head bowed and eyes closed, if you just said that prayer for the first time, I want to pray over you. Just lift a hand real briefly and I want to pray God's blessing over you. Okay, God sees you. Anybody else? God sees you too. Okay, over here, God sees you. Right there, God sees you. Right here, right there. Okay, God sees you. God sees you. Right there. Okay, God sees you. Okay. Yeah, he hears your prayers. He sees your heart. Okay, you can put your hands down. Lord, I pray your blessing over these that said yes to you. I pray that as they begin their walk with you, that they would recognize and see your glory and see what you're doing to recognize the miracles, the signs, the wonders, the healings. Not so that they follow that, but that they would follow you. And so we pray your blessing over them. Lord, I pray for all of us today that you're still doing the miraculous. For some of us today, you're healing our marriages. And right now, if that's you, if... if you're sensing that God wants to do something great in your marriage, something that he has never done before and something that you've been praying for. Receive that today. That in your marriage, he's going to restore you. He's going to build you up. And your, your, your latter years are going to be greater than your former years. That he's going to give you new life 
in your marriage. Some of you have been praying for healing and you've been wondering, why doesn't God heal me? Receive that today. Trust in Him. Trust in His timing and how He's going to perform that healing. He's capable. And even Jesus said it well, by your faith you're healed. In other words, He's always there at the door. He has the power to heal. We just need to open it. For some of us, maybe you're battling with different ailments, sicknesses, disease. God wants to bring healing. Trust in Him. You've been battling with cancer. God wants to bring healing to your body. Only He can do it. Some of you are struggling with, with stomach problems or pain and God wants to heal you. A heart problem, He wants to heal you. For some of you, it's not, it's not a healing of, of the body or physical healing, but there are, there are psychological difficulties. You battle with things in your mind. God wants to heal you. He wants to bring healing to your soul. Lord, today we receive that. We thank you for being the God of miracles. Thank you for moving in our lives. We pray this in Jesus' name. And we all said together, amen. Can we